Welcome to Becoming the Best You with the Hodgsons. Please welcome your hosts, Ryan and Ellie Hodgson. Hello and welcome to another episode of Becoming the Best You with the Hodgsons. Today we're extremely lucky that we have an extremely busy man who's come to join us today and share his knowledge. It's Chris Arnold is doing huge things in the fitness industry. So Chris, for those okay. living under a rock, don't quite know who you are, introduce yourself, let them know a bit about you. No worries. So yeah, so uh, basically I've been in the fitness industry now, um, roughly about 15, 16 years. Um, I'm currently based in a commercial gym up in the northwest of England. Um, but not only doing that, but I do a lot of work in the community. So I do a lot of work with schools. Uh, I've got two, two partnerships with two professional sports clubs, um, which, which sort of, coincides with um, my work with elite, elite, elite athletes there for about 14 years prior to becoming a PT about three years ago. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty much me in a nutshell really without, without, without spending half an hour discussing what I do. So, wow, B- busy man then. Yeah, can't, can't, can't complain at the minute, mate, can't complain at the minute. So yeah, yeah enjoy yeah, it. There's a lot of, sort of areas you can kind of go down from mostly your experience in the industry of 15 years, so sort of working with like day to day, and then you've also got the children, and then you also got the professional side. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's really interesting. It's good because no, no day is the same, which is fantastic. It's like um, yesterday, for example, or sorry, Monday, for example, um, I went into the commercial gym. Uh, I won't, won't name it for, for sort of legal reasons. <laughs> there are other gym providers as well. So, but yeah, it's like I'll go and I'll do, do, that, do that work in the morning with my clients. Um, I'll then go off and work with, um, with with the rugby club I'm involved with um, and deliver a fit schools program. Um, and, and, you know, it's really good because what we do is we do it three times a year. Um, and um, we sort of, we'll, what we'll do is we'll, we'll carry out three tests uh, with the kids. So it would be like a throw and catch, a speed, speed run and, um, and a board jump. So we're looking at their explosive power, um, agility um, coordination. And it's quite, it's quite, scary the sort of trends you see um at such a young age and um yeah and it's, and it's good to have that little bit of an impact um toward with the schools and sort of help them to guide their uh their, their teacher teacher training planning as well if you like for the for the to sort of coincide with the uh, curricular activity the kids do wow that's really yeah. interesting because I, I thought you know they just sort of almost teach them a sport and there's not really a lot of thought goes into the the different aspects of fitness so to speak so it's really interesting that they're doing that. That's really good. No, it's quite, yeah, I mean, it's a really good system we've got. I mean, we work with a company called Amaven, um, who are sort of based up here in Manchester. Um, so they, they, they provide the online portal um, for us um, up at Rochdale Hornets, which is the, the club I'm working with. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've so far this year, we've tested, uh, since March, we've tested about 2,000 kids. Um, and we've got, we've, got an aim, so we've got an aim to test about, about 3,000, 3,200 children between now and Easter between then and Easter so it's uh, yeah I mean we did it last year um, and we noticed, we noticed about a 10% increase in um, physical activity rates which is good considering yeah. the um, the child obesity rate at the moment is pretty pretty insane because yeah. I think I was reading reading a study uh, the other day I think it's one in three children um, in key stage one or which is like the four to six bracket uh, one in five kids are classified as obese um, and then you've got you get to year six, um, and, and so 
sort of when they come down a bit reception you're looking about about a quarter of the class is obese apparently and then you get to like year six and it based on a class of 30 it's about a third of the kids of the class is obese so looking at that it's it's quite concerning and then but then you look at the activities that are available to kids um such as um that you know the local rugby clubs athletics clubs gymnastics is becoming a big thing um and but unfortunately the schools are pushing it but unfortunately you know the parents aren't i suppose they're not aware of it because they're not maybe it doesn't fall under their interests if you like and uh, I think that's one thing we always say with our little one we want to be careful of not pushing her into just what we're interested in <laughs> yeah that's it I mean you've got to be open minded especially at that age I mean you look at what Jamie Oliver's doing with pushing his health his healthy foods with kids but again is it going to work with is it going to work with um, with all children because I think it's predominantly a carbohydrate based diet and you know with the stats that with the statistics that we're finding um, you know if, if they're eating too many carbs at that age and they're inactive unfortunately they might store it which is quite a you know, it's a concerning factor, really. So, but I think the government really needs to sort of did a did a blog on it the other day. Um, I think the I think the government needs to sort of really get their hand get their hands dirty a little bit and do a bit more research and sort of get in touch with the NHS and maybe work alongside them a bit more as well as fit pros and um, yeah, maybe maybe develop a, a program that's going to benefit them more um, as opposed to just going in doing sports days once a year, which is great. But if you got if you've got little Billy who's, um, who's wanting to do a run, but he's, he's classed as obese and he's always last every year, um, it's not going to do his psychological state any good. However, um, it is going to look good on him because he's always the one, that kid that's wanting to have a go, you know, and it's... Yeah. Yeah. I might be completely diverting here, but like, do you feel as if, like, especially at that age, it's, like as if it's important for the parents also to kind of possibly go through a programme where they can start whether it's about educating themselves and then they can pass it on to their children because it, to us, it's like we kind of sort of talk about how there's a correlation between the generations that you're bringing up. So if the parents are inactive, the likelihood is possibly your child is going to be inactive. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a, there's a, big, there's a big thing about the genetics aspect and um, I'm, I'm a big believer in the, um, in the environment and the network of people that you keep has, has a big influence on, on how you are. And um, I mean, Going into schools now, it's quite concerning. When I come out of school today, it's just loads of loads of parents with a fag in the garb, or mm-hmm. um, or they'll they'll they'll, they'll come to the, with they'll come at the end of the day with the kids, and the, the first thing they give them is a donut and a and, and a monster, which you know, for, <laughs> for, for someone for me, I look I'd, I'd love a monster every day because it, it gets me going, it gets me going. But you know, <laughs> but, but for a kid for a kid of sort of like eight nine. Um, who's who's quite inactive? It, it's quite it, you know it's not it's not good because obviously they're, they're going to be more more risk of diabetes and everything at that age. So um, yeah, def, definitely the the parents need to have a have a have an idea. But at the same time, uh, the meat the the media is not having a the media sort of limiting what um, what the beliefs are at the minute. Because I mean you've got a couple of programs I believe on ITV. Um, Joe Wicks is making a massive fortune on it. Um, but, but again, I think a lot of people are sort of scared and don't have the time to do all the research to sort of identify what is right and what isn't right. And I think what a lot of people do, and I've done it myself in the past, is they'll find a bit of information. And I think, you know what, because let's say Joe Wicks says it's, it's right, it must be right. Yeah. Whereas, you know, as, as fit pros, it, it, it's a bit easier for us to, to an extent because we sort of get we sort of get streamlined or guided in towards a certain circle 
um, of, of, net, of, of fit pros and everything so we can you know we can do a bit more research and we can sort of you know find out what works for us what doesn't work for us and then have and then use that to sort of guide our guide our kids I suppose yeah because it's funny because I've always said like me and Ellie always say to ourselves and we say to our clients everything we coach is always with an open mind because we know that there's always going to be things that we we're still learning everybody's still learning but sometimes you find people are close-minded to things that they're not quite they're unsure about especially when it's not their passion it's different you know especially as parents if they're not passionate about you know being healthy active fit and things like that that's not their thing it's difficult for them to want to invest time and money into learning more about it whereas if they have people there to help them it could make it a lot easier yeah without a shadow of doubt it's, it's, you know that that's, again it goes back to the net the networking side and the, and the social side of things and um but i suppose that when it comes to the kids side of it the best thing is you, you look at the you look at the um the children whose parents are maybe involved with a local football team for example um and you look at the you look at the knowledge on the kid and you look in the not at the knowledge of the parent and you can sort of see, you can sort of identify um, their background, if you like, by looking at the kid and sort of what they're, how they think. Yeah. Yeah. And, I always uh, say that to Ellie when we go, when we take our little one swimming, even at three, you can see like, even from things like how they hold themselves yeah, with their confidence. body languages, confident, confidence levels from the parent to the child pass on from, even from like three or four, as babies, they will, they will act the same and they don't know, but get that bit older they seem to sort of rub off behaviors and you know they learn that from their from their parents yeah it's a scary thought that isn't it <laughs> god, god help god help us in the future especially if my if my son follows my route bloody hell we're, we're, we're <laughs> the funniest, funny but when we were kind of when we used to kind of do the prep for the bodybuilding we bought a pair of scales to weigh ourselves and because we yeah. don't have scales in our house and our daughter for me kind of like saw us step on and then when we went to the local swimming centre, they have like, you know, those big scales that you pay for. Well, yeah. she kept on it and was like, Daddy, what does it say? And it's like, oh my, this just goes to show how much like, she has picked us up from our, our behaviour because she's seen it only from us. That's, I mean, that, that's brilliant, the fact that, the fact that she's conscious, that Ellie's conscious of that at her age as well. Yeah. Um, because obviously having, having an awareness of, um, of what other people are going to perceive her potentially is going to prepare her mentally um, later on it's going to probably make her a lot stronger as well because she's aware of exactly what's going to be um she's going to be a bit more aware and a bit more knowledgeable about weight and why maybe why people why people are obese or what or weight or if someone was to come to in the playground and say oh well i'm a bit overweight i don't know what to do well go on the scales i do it on the scales <laughs> i go on the scales you know and things i haven't like thought of it like that actually but yeah because we also have the thing now she's going through this phase where she keeps saying if she eats that her tummy will get big and we're yeah. like no listen <laughs> eat little bits and we're like no you can eat little bits of it because she's absolutely like normally apart from today when she decides to wake up at half eight and she should be at nursery <laughs> at she's up from like six seven o'clock and she's wired till seven half seven when we put her to bed so she is constant and she does eat a lot but you know, she's 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 actually lost weight on holiday. I don't know how in Ellie went on holiday. <laughs> I lost weight on an all-inclusive holiday. I'm not sure what happened there. <laughs> I think I think the kids tend to give it to us adults. I think, and we tend to store it on our bums. I think, isn't it, or something like that. That's it. I put on a stone in two weeks, and those two like lost weight. But <laughs> uh, well, if it's gone your bum, mate, you need to do a bit. You need to get the Miley Cyrus um, CD on in the background, start doing some twerking, and then you'll be. Oh, that'd be a sight. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a good crack with that. Yeah, yeah, we, we do it in our um, in our body pump classes. It's quite quite amusing. You see you see some movers and shakers in that. I tell you. 
Yeah, I mean, we've sort of absolutely gone off on a tangent and I love it because it's something, you know, I think it's going to provide a lot of value, a lot of our listeners are parents as well. Yeah, so I think it's, it's very sort of relatable. It's great. And I, didn't, we, I don't think either of us, before we spoke to you, realised exactly how much you did in the, with kids as well, which is something that we've learned and that's a really helpful tool because, you know, there's, there's so much for parents to sort of almost take a bit of accountability and understanding so that oh, it sure. their children longer term. Um, so how do you take into consideration, obviously, the parents might be kind of the time constraint or they're scared to kind of do the research because they probably don't understand, but also take into consideration the media, because I know media kind of likes to sell kind of these crazy sort of yeah. ways to kind of do it all. What's your kind of way to kind of overcome that so you can provide the parents, but also the schools with the right tools so they can overcome like the, the childhood obesity? With that, um, I suppose a lot of it's down to um, down to have it'll come down to predominantly um, the parents' evenings because I think that's going to be the main sort of interaction. And when they sit down with the with the with the teachers, they can sort of discuss the activity levels in there and 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 at home and see if there's any any differences. For my my son Ewan, who's ten, for example, I'll, I'll, who doesn't live with me, I'll, I'll speak to him. I'll speak to him um, like once every week and. He'll tell me one thing. His mother will tell me something else, and then I'll look at, I'll get his school reports through, and again I see something else. But I think it's trying to identify trends. So mm. it's, it's like with, with, if we've got a client, and um, let's say they are, they go out for a meal on a Friday night, and they find that, that the weight's going up on a on a Saturday, but then it comes back down on a Tuesday. I suppose it's trying to identify a way of. Um, modifying or not modifying so trying to identify um when they do and when they don't perform and maybe sort of and maybe sort of adapt their approach because i know a lot of kids um when they're out and about in the street now tend to be you know it drives me drives me wild you're on the bus or you're in you're walking around town you always hear this kid screaming in the background and you know and you you think to yourself Mm -hmm. god why is that kid doing that but what we might not realize is the school that child might might not be very confident in their own ability or their own or their own um, bodies, if you like, or they might not be happy with what they're doing. Yeah. So I suppose it's again, it's keeping that open mind, I think, and um, maybe maybe talking a little bit more because I think that's probably going to be the big the big thing is maybe mm-hmm. talking and listening a bit more, which I, I think we're all guilty of uh, of not we're good at talking but maybe not listening right and, and especially to kids you hear a lot of people who have the old fashioned saying of like children should be seen and not heard but I think we can actually like I mean, I mean earlier we say like we've learned so much from our from our daughter and how things work because you almost get a kid in your blind but then sometimes if you like again it comes back to being open minded and listening to what they're saying and it's like because even may sometimes come back from nursery saying things like where did you pick that up from and she's only three so I can only imagine when she gets a couple of years old and she's hearing things or being told things by the kids three or four years older, how much we're going to learn how things work as parents. <laughs> uh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it depends on, on the, on the nature of the, of the, of the teacher as well. Cause I mean, I think because with, within schools, um, teachers only get four hours of, um, of training within, within PE, which is quite an alarming sort of state. Um, and, and some schools, um, they get, they get the school premium funding. I think it's, oh, it used to be about two years ago, about nine and a half grand per year but i believe that's sort of doubled now um but the schools have actually got um they've actually got requirements that they must meet so they must get i believe it's like five or six external companies to come in and deliver some form of health training be that through an assembly um a parent parent toddler class maybe um where they're sort of having a bit of a moot bit of a 
you know, increasing movement, um, you know, after school, after school clubs, breakfast clubs, um, things like that, that are, um, that, you know, that schools are, have, they have got that option to do now, if you like. So I think it's just for the schools to start pushing it a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I remember I, when we were having a conversation the other day and I was saying how often I find a lot of the things with kids is it always tends to be sport-related. So if you're unfortunately not, like, very good at sports, you almost build up an anxiety before mm. PE. Because I always remember, I can remember a lot of the kids, even now, 12 years, 11 years after I finished school, I can remember the kids who didn't enjoy sports, didn't enjoy, so they hated PE. So a lot of them yeah. would you know, fake it, fake an injury or, you know, because they didn't want, they didn't want to do it. And they had this anxiety at the thought of, and I didn't get it at the time because, you know, I was just a kid and I was lucky that I was quite good at sports. But now when you think about it, it's like these, these kids who perhaps aren't naturally gifted or don't naturally even get the basics of sport. They go all the way through their school struggling with their weight, but also their confidence and it has a knock on effects. Cause I think sports has a big factor in confidence. You know, if you look at all the kids who are quite good at sports, their confidence, a lot of them tend to tend to be quite high. But then you look at the ones that didn't have that, they struggle and they're a lot more sort of suppressed in their personalities. And it goes on to later on in life getting jobs, doesn't it? You know, all sorts yeah, of things. definitely. I think a lot of it relates to sort of trusting that teacher as well. I mean, you look, it, it boils down to something as daft as um, that teacher might support Liverpool or Man United. And if that kid knows that that teacher supports that team, then they can relate to that they can relate to that teacher a little bit more. Whereas if um, you've got a teacher who supports Chelsea or something like that, maybe there'll be a bit of banter given by the teacher and to towards the kid and the kid might sort of take that as a bit of a knock. So that could sort of damage the reputation of that teacher in that, eye, in that kid's eyes, I suppose. And that might have an influence on how they perform in their class as well. You know, you just like sparked like a memory for me because like I was a swimmer, so like through yeah. my childhood, that's the only sport I could do because it's so that I was doing like 10 hours a week so I couldn't do any other sports but I had, I had a teacher who was massive into netball and um, <laughs> I was so bad at netball so I just remember like I was like trying to impress her but I didn't have that relationship with her because she was very much into the netballers in my school because they were island players and I quite didn't match the bill there. <laughs> yeah well, but you, you did enjoy it though right? I did I was lucky kind of like <laughs> because I was so sporty and she knew me because I was good at swimming so I think she kind of had that kind of relationship with me because I was good at it but for anyone who wasn't good at any football sport or even netball you cut them off didn't you it's like that barrier is just kind of put there oh definitely yeah and then it's obviously down to the teacher to try and sort of break that break that barrier down a bit as well but fortunately fortunately in this day and age now i think it's a bit more it's got its pros and it's got its cons the, the sort of discipline side with schools has gone down the pan a little bit because with all the child protection issues and, yeah. and and I think that's that again. That's another another factor that's maybe having an influence on how how kids are behaving, and again how how parents are behaving and reacting as well. I suppose. Yeah. I say as well, like, kids are so cruel. As well. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> so if, if there's someone who's not confident, so then they show they're not good enough. They're obviously not going to pass the ball to them. Then it's going to build up, and it's just. It's just an ongoing issue. We could, we could be going into a sort of political, uh, political things here. I know, that's it, that's it. We're, we're, we're giving Theresa May a run for money. Happy day. And the thing is, I think it, but a lot of it is really important because it's obviously the kids, or as cringe it sounds, obviously they're our future and they're the future of the country. And obviously we want to try and give them the best 
um, impression. So, like, I mean, yeah. we're going to tweak the sort of next question just because I think it'd be quite important to get the two slants of it. Like, what's the what what's the advice you would give to like parents? that have kids that perhaps need to lose a little bit of weight? You know, if you were to sort of, if you could only give them like one piece of key advice and also would it be the same if you were to be given the, the child the advice or would it differ because they're, you know, the parent and child? Yeah, so I suppose more than anything, maybe just increase activity levels with with, um, with your child in corporate and, and include them within your sort of training regime. So it could be something such as just going in the garden and, you know, do, have, having a game of catch or something like that. So, so you know, the, they can throw the ball against the towards each other every time they drop they drop the ball they go down on one knee and if they drop it again go on to two knees you know and they, and they sort of in, invent games because not only are they going to improve the fitness and activity levels um they're also going to burn calories maybe not a lot of calories but mm. um but but what they're also going to be doing is helping the child to develop their fundamental skills as well which is really really important um and also may and, and then maybe when it comes to going to school or even if when they're going to work, maybe park like a mile down in the car park, about a mile down the road, and walk in. Because um, again, they're, they're increasing the increasing the cardiovascular fitness on that side. And I think something like that. It might take a bit of a bit of extra time, but in a, but sort of long term, it's going to sort of develop a bit more a bit more fit, fitness and more than likely build a bigger a better bond as well. Because you're sort of forced to an extent i suppose to sort of socialize a little bit more so yeah. you can you can chat a bit more and maybe find out a little bit more about each other that maybe you didn't, that. yeah maybe you didn't even think that you knew about about your child and that and you know it's like when mm. when i saw you in last it's i didn't realize how good an artist he was but it, and it was just taking that five five minutes to sit down uh with him to you know see where you relate with your child more because i think it's a it's very much a case of them and us if you like and um with with some with some people and that's not just kids and adult, adults and the children but adults and adults but if you sort of tr maybe try something that they want to do you know you might enjoy it yourself a bit as well yeah because it's funny actually when we were we've obviously just come back from a, a holiday and with Eva may we always try to sort of almost go down to her level yeah. and he absolutely loves it so you know we were running around there like going down the kids slides backwards <laughs> on our front and it was funny actually, I nearly got stuck in the slide that, that and, um, awesome. <laughs> but, but the thing is she loved it and you look around at some other kids with their parents and the parents are sat there so reading serious. and the kids the kids are perhaps stuck there with their headphones on watching an iPad and it's like we only do that on the plane and Aoife May knew that or it was if we wanted to have a few drinks in the bar in the evening but it was always like during the day it was her time but you'd see a direct correlation in the way the kids were. So Eve May was probably a nightmare for a lot of the other parents who wanted to chill out on holiday, but she was constantly on the go. She was burning energy and she just hit like nine o'clock and she was just flat out asleep. And then some of the other kids that perhaps were sat there on their, on their iPads, sipping away at fizzy drinks all day, they yeah. weren't going to sleep, but they're probably being a nightmare because they weren't sleeping. It was just like a vicious cycle. So I can definitely see how it's simple, like you said, just being more active because a lot of the time people think they need more knowledge. And especially yeah. as parents, we think, oh, we're missing out on something. We yeah, don't know something. Yeah, and you've just simplified it there. Walk, park a mile away, walk to school, walk from school. That's going to make a huge difference. Yeah, definitely. I mean, some schools even, even have like a daily mile in there now. Um, I think like the year six is that sort of helps towards their leadership qualities where they can just, they've got to register um, 
and then about three or four of the friends will come in. They'll just monitor how many times they walk around the playground and something like that. It's just, you know, perfect. Yeah. Again, I actually remember reading about that. It was in one of the papers, a head teacher introduced the incentive where everybody was going to, every single member of the school, even the teachers, were to do a mile a day. And she reduced the obesity rates massively. And there was no other changes to their curriculum, their diet or anything. So it, it is, it's so simple, but so many people sort of almost neglect it. And if a kid goes through childhood being overweight and obese, their likelihood is they're going to stay that way as an adult. You know, it's a lot, they're a lot more likely to. And then obviously we go into more health concerns and things like that as well. So oh, for sure. Yeah. It's it's no, it's knowing knowing your network, isn't it? It's knowing your network and how to how to appeal to everybody, how to everybody's um, want wants. I suppose. But I suppose with Ethan and, and, and yourself and co- including yourselves with with the with the um, activities you're doing, that would more. How how do you find that's helped helped your relationship as a family? A hundred percent. But I mean, we I think for us, we always say we're a bit different because we're at home. We we both right. work from home. We're quite fortunate that. Uh, she finished nursery at one we're together 24 7 so it does make a huge difference but i do think you know we've for us she's we hope in the future she's going to see us as friends as well as parents so hopefully that communication stays there because a lot of kids i remember like i never had the same relationship with even my parents either me for me i wouldn't be able to talk to them you know when i was younger and i got peer pressured into trying and smoke it and i thought it was cool i would never have had the confidence to tell my parents because I didn't have that same relationship, so I hope that yeah. being open with her and that sort of thing makes a huge difference as you get older as well. You know, oh, definitely. So it's, it's it's a society we live in as well, isn't it? Because there's all it's it's we're changing all the time. Beliefs yeah. are changing, influencing social media is influencing. Um, you know, other people's inf- experiences are influencing, and it's yeah, it's scary how how things are changing constantly. Because one thing we have learned about you for me, she, she seems to copy if she sees like a child doing something, even to the point of taking her jumper off or playing with a certain toy or doing something with a parent, Eve may will copy straight away. So <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you have to be aware of this and careful as she gets older. Is this a thing that Eve may's like? She just wants to copy what everyone else is doing. Yeah, God, it's good. It's good that she, just don't take her to any full Monty um, performances in that case there. <laughs> Well, it's, fu- it's funny because she obviously sees us doing a lot of posing, like you know, oh, when we, yeah. were, especially when we're getting ready for the show, and um, she'd be she'd be there like showing that showing nursery teachers, showing people, and even now, like when we're away, she's lifting her top up to show her abs off because she sees us doing it as a like you know, and it, 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 she does a hip swagger. Yeah, she does a hip swagger. Constantly <laughs> practicing her posing, and it, it, it's funny. But you imagine that if you're doing the wrong sort of things, how easily it would be interpreted <laughs> yeah it, it's scary how, how easy how easy kids pick things up to be fair or even you have with gym goers you, you, i don't know if you see it when you're in the gym but you're but some what i find in the commercial gym is as a trainer you'll you'll be working with your clients but then you've got somebody who literally come and plonk themselves right next to you and then once you finish doing that that specific exercise they're then doing it again they're then doing what yeah. you yeah yeah and it, that, that's where it can sort of get dangerous because they don't understand yeah. the basics sometimes but it's a lot of people kind of like you know obviously on instagram they take the instagram trend of seeing what these like models are doing or their fitness regimes and then people then try and copy it and it's just oh. it's just crazy it's especially i see it more particularly in young girls 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, what I'm finding a lot with that, Ellie, as well at the moment is they seem to be um, they seem to be working in pairs a bit more as well. So it's almost like they're having a bit of a competition as well with each other. Like who can who, who can copy them the best? <laughs> yeah, and we've seen a lot of it actually. You know, we're going off again, but where they do do copy a lot of these Instagram models, but. You know, I always say like these Instagram models aren't going to put up the ugly exercises. They're not going to put up the, yeah, the things where the, the, that them girls who are in great shape in the videos, they are doing the hard work as well, but they don't see it. And you see a lot of them now even starting to develop like postural issues and you can see it. It's, it's apparent and you just think 10 years from now, your body's going to be a mess because you're spending so much time doing like all these glute exercises. You're not getting any balance to your workouts. And it's just a shame because it almost feel, I almost feel like these people who are in these positions where people want to follow them people want to copy them they could share a lot more knowledge and a lot more insight but it wouldn't be as attractive no oh, you know you're not wrong line there for sure i mean there's, there's a guy called nadi aguila who um who, who runs uh, functional patents uh, based over in america um and he does a lot of he does a lot of blogs um or video logs via youtube facebook uh, i think it's quite quiet on instagram but you look at what he's doing and it's really, it, you know, the most basic things, such as if you if you got a really bad back or you've got a really tight tight hamstring, he'll literally just get a tennis ball, sit on the tennis ball, and just and just move around. Yeah. And you know, yeah. little things like that make a big difference. But uh, for those listening, think people that are struggling with things like that, you've got Dr. Kelly Sturette as well, um, who um, bought out a book, uh, Supple Leopard, um, and some of the functional movements that he does there. Um, if people were to incorporate that into the training, you know, it'd be a big, big difference. And because it is very, very basic what they're doing. Yeah. And that's it. Like I always say that to anybody, whether it, what, whatever their goals are, I'm always, you need to get the foundations, get the basics right first, because it's like, you don't go into a gym and start getting people clean and pressing until they can do a squat or a bench and things like that. And it is almost thinking you need to break it down to the simple. It's back to what you said with the kids just being more active that's you know you don't need to make it more complicated until you've got that right well that's just it, that you know just just little it's little and often isn't it just making those little changes as often as you can and before you know it the you know practice makes permanent isn't it it's yeah. it perfect it makes the permanent issue and it's it's training the central nervous system to to get into a routine and then before you know it you're sort of performing it and then performing it naturally without even having to think about it <laughs> that's it so I mean we are going to try and round this up now because I think we could talk for hours and it would be worth maybe getting you on again in the future yeah, because no you know, I think you've got a lot to share with people but if you could just change one thing with the fitness, health and fitness industry um, as you know it what would it be and why um, I think for more than anything um, it would be the, um, the, the a lot of the trainers sort of coming out with negative content and critiquing people quite quite a lot because it's something I'm finding quite a lot having been on social media quite a lot it's just constant so it's like a slagging match almost yeah. Um, yeah. And what might be a bit more beneficial is people just maybe identifying um, I'll say this term loosely a hazard if you like or identifying the, the, the wrong information and maybe sort of guiding this person on the right way or maybe sort of become a mentor for that person and, um, and that way that, that person that maybe is, is misguided is getting a bit of help and then the other person's going to gain a better, better reputation. So maybe look, find the negative and, um, and turn it into a point, look at a way of making, making it more positive. Yeah. It's one of those things I always say to people, it's like clearly you do it as well because you network with other people in the fitness industry. There's a lot of benefits to having a good solid network. And it's like, 
there's more than one way to build the tallest building in town. One of them is to knock everyone else down, which unfortunately does happen. And then the other one is to build the tallest building. And we always say, you know, we do our way and it doesn't mean that anyone else's way is wrong. And we're always open-minded. If someone else has got a way that works better for somebody, we're not that right person for, you know, and it's almost being, being prepared to say, I'm not the right coach or the right trainer for somebody. It doesn't mean your methods are wrong. It just means that someone else maybe has a better way that's going to work with that person's, whether it be body composition, lifestyle, mindset, whatever it is. Yeah, definitely. Integrity plays a big part on integrity and honesty. You know, it's, you're only going to benefit yourself and other people. And again, it's reputation as well. If you're honest with yourself, people are going to have more respect for you by admitting that you can't do something and guiding them towards a, a better resource than, than blagging it. Yeah, well, that's something that we kind of say. We always try and have a call with our clients before we kind of sign them up and say, well, you know, we'll let you know if we're the right fit for you. And if not, we'll try and sort of recommend you to someone else who might be more suitable because you can't help everyone. And it's like you might even have a different personality. You know, your personality might clash. If that's not going to work, you're not going to be the right coach. So it's important that, you know, you are a right fit for your client because when it, the ultimate goal is to get the best out of them. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. And, and yeah, and unfortunately, there are a lot of trainers nowadays that, you know, it's just a case of, right, I want a PT. Oh, I'll have you. I'll have you. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just dog eat dog and, world. And sometimes yeah. I, I, I can see that when, even when I first started, to a degree, I did that because, you know, you just want to get busy. You've got bills to pay. You want to try and, you know, be the trainer that gets fully booked. And then you start, as you start to learn a little bit more, you're like, well, I came into this industry because I want to help people. I'm not helping people if I'm taking someone on that I'm not the right coach for. They could be getting better results than someone else. I've still helped them because I've passed them to the right person and that that's more helpful than take, taking them on as a client. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a two-way thing, isn't it? It's like yeah. you, you pass one person on to, to somebody else and then before you know it, they're, they're going to pass somebody on back to you. So it's, again, it's, it's utilising your network in the, in the right way to achieve better success. And then also, if you find that you're training someone who you don't quite sort of match and that they have different goals that perhaps aren't the sort of goals that you, you that satisfy you, what you find is then you get drained, you're not going to enjoy your session. So even one of you, gonna, you aren't going to get anything out of the sessions and then just sort of carries on into life. Like, oh, yeah. I, I know that Ryan probably doesn't want me to talk about, but <laughs> I've seen Ryan where he, he lost his love and passion for his job with the one-to-ones. And then it was reflecting in other areas of his life. And it was only until he got his passion back and realised actually he wants to help coach rather than be a personal trainer. It was more coaching side. His passion kind of realigned and then he was so much more happier. Yeah, definitely. I can relate to that myself. I had a client a little while ago and, you know, he, he, I trained, he trained with me for about 11 months. And, I, you know, there was, there was some factors that were improving, but I couldn't get the results I wanted. So, you know, it's just one of them, you know, I have to part ways. But... I suppose it comes down to sort of review again, coming down to the honesty side of it, and maybe yeah. reviewing reviewing what you're doing every so often as well, like maybe once a week, once a month, having having a reflection time and making sure that you know, that you know you're on the right path to achieving your goals, which is most important. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, because obviously you've got to look after what a lot of people don't do is they don't look after themselves. Yeah, and, um, yeah and so I think reflection time is definitely a definitely a a big a big thing. It's also one of those things I think like a client trainer relationship trainer client relationship often it's like it's very much two way like if you i find when i speak to trainers and i'm always like well are you training people that you get on with it your kind of people and if they're like well no i'm like well they probably feel you're not their kind of people as well and sometimes especially with the face-to-face it's a lot harder for i find a client to turn around and say do you know what i'm not going to train with you it's not working out because they have to see them face to face 
So I'm always like, well, if you have an open conversation with me, you'll probably find that they feel the exact same. And if you pass them on to someone else, they'll be so grateful and respectful for it because you've done it in the right manner rather than almost letting your services drop or whatever in the wrong way. It, it will give them a positive impression rather than a negative one. Oh, for sure. No, without a shadow of a doubt. And, that, and again, it's, it's looking, after, looking after not only your interest, but their interest, yeah. their interest as well. So yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Right, so this is, I'm going to ask you a question. This is the last question, but it's usually, I think, the tough question. A fun one. <laughs> <laughs> one. One question that we should have asked you, but we haven't done. <laughs> Naughty. completely <laughs> gone off on a tangent today, but... <laughs> I'm sat here tapping my foot, pointing, saying, tut, tut, tut. <laughs> Only joking. So have you got a question that we should have asked you that we didn't ask or we sort of covered everything? <laughs> yeah, I th- to be fair, I think we could, we could probably go on about this for, for, for <laughs> hours and hours on end. Because it's just so, when it comes to sort of kids and, um, you know, influences externally and internally, there's, there's so many areas we can, we can go on. But I think, I think for the safety of, of now and, and our viewers' ears, I think uh, we better reserve them. I think, <laughs> I think, but from my side, I think we're yeah, pretty, pretty cool. It's been, it's been cool. Perfect, Chris. So, I mean, we will put all your links on the show notes, but just briefly, what's the best ways for people to contact you? What do you prefer? Have you got email, Facebook? No worries. Yeah, I'm all, all over Facebook. Um, a bit of a presence on Instagram. It's all um, train with honor, elite performance, um, honor spelt H O N O R. Yeah, find us over there. Um, yeah, loads of information on there for you guys to... Perfect. Please do visit the show yeah. notes. We will put all of uh, Chris's links and also some of the books that he mentioned. I think there's a lot of things that I think many people can learn and relate to today and we've sort of sort of just touched the surface with it. But if you can, get some of those books, listen, download anything that Chris is sharing. He's got a wealth of knowledge that I'm sure can help not only you, the listener, but also your children too. And definitely, if they, need, if they need any more information, feel free to drop us a message on Facebook or Insta as well, for sure. Um, please, if you're a parent, please take on board everything like Chris has said. Um, let's kind of change the future now for our children. Check out Chris's page um, and we can make a difference. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Chris. No worries. Thanks very much, Ryan Ellie. Pre- appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Well, thank you for tuning in to Becoming the Best You with the Hodgson's. Be sure to go over to hodgsonhealth.com forward slash podcast for all the show notes.